So good to see you all. Does anybody feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place today? Thank you, God. I'm so thankful today that Jesus is here today in this service. We welcome you all. Welcome if you're a guest today. I want you to be able to make yourself at home and know this is a safe place to be able to cry or open up your heart, be able to lift up your hands and be real. Be the way that you are late at night when you don't think anybody loves you and you think that nobody's there for you because that's really who you really are and that's really what you're going through. And there's no sense in being somebody else when you come to the hospital and put on that there's nothing wrong with you. This is the best place in all the world to be the real you. So you can be that person here. If everything's good for you, then you ought to have a praise on your lips today. And everything's bad for you, you ought to have a praise on your lips today. Because you've stepped into hope. You've stepped into your answer. You've stepped into truth. You've stepped into a new way that can bring you out of where you are. So either way today, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. I praise you. For he inhabits the praises of his people. For he steps down into this place as we lift our voices up and we praise him. That's what motivates and moves the Lord. I'm excited about what God is going to say to us today, and I'm glad that you're all here today. I'm looking forward to God doing some amazing things. It's so good to have Brother Hugh on the guitar today, a new addition to our team. So thankful. God has been good to us. He's supplied every need. He's taken care of every, filling every, every role, every place. And uh, we're so thankful today for the body of Christ, for the church. And we love you all so much. Uh, and thank you so much for your faithfulness. And uh, here, here recently, um, I have been, been praying and asking the Lord, what, what do you want me to do with the next season of my ministry? Because I felt like the Lord has spoken to me that, that this process I've been through has been a rebuilding, a, a reinventing, a rebreaking, and a remolding process. And on the way here this morning, the Lord said, I don't really want my, my people, my preachers, my, my, uh, my public speakers, I don't really want them to have to build up my word when they preach. In fact, the Lord said I would rather if they would just break it down. The Holy Ghost said, everybody's trying to build up my word. It can't get any better than you. <laughs> and you know who gets the glory whenever you build up his word? We do. But you know who gets the glory when we break down his word? He does. He gets the glory when you take his word and you say what he wants it to say and not the way you want to say it. And so I believe that the new dimension or season of my ministry is going to be putting more value on his ideas, his words, and not maybe the way I say it. I hope that you don't fall asleep whenever we are just more biblical and less human. I hope that you don't get bored when we're less entertaining and we're more spiritual. I don't think you will be because I think when we do it God's way, the Lord shows up. And he does things that nobody could, could create in their own power. In the natural realm, it's impossible. But in the supernatural realm, it is possible. And I think that is where we'll all have to be at the last days. Because pretty sermons, pretty words won't do it. When everything around you is being stripped away. It won't work for you. And so I think the times are changing. They will change where people will hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for truth. 
and not for entertainment. Because we have felt the pressure to be entertaining because our homes have been filled with entertainment. Our vacations have been filled with entertainment. We just can't slow down and just be bored anymore because God speaks when we slow down and we're bored and we're broken and we're stuck. That's when the Lord speaks in a still small voice. And so I believe that God's going to help us with that. Everybody say in Jesus' name, let's turn in our Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 18, just one verse, and then we will begin today. All I have today is my Bible. I don't have any notes. So what I say today is the Lord's fault. Not mine. Because I don't, I, don't I don't have any notes. So it's not my fault. Here we go. I thank my God, Paul said. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. You know, you don't really even have to preach some things if you just get up in front of your church and just read them and apply them and do them. You probably have a move of God. Paul said, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I speak in tongues more than you all. Yet in the church. Everybody say yet in the church. Man, if we would just teach the Word of God, just break it down. We'd just solve a lot of problems. Yet in the church, which would mean the gathering where we gather. It doesn't have to be at this building. It can be a field. But the church are the called out ones, the ecclesia, the, the gathering of God's people. Yet in the church, whenever we gather together, the context is, I would rather speak five words with my, un, with my understanding that I may teach others also. So when I get in church, I don't focus as much on speaking in tongues. I focus more on speaking a language that those around me can understand. Do you see what the apostle is saying? Now, this is not really our culture. Our, our culture magnifies speaking in tongues as if it is the climax of spirituality. But today we're going to find out that speaking in tongues is not the climax of spirituality. This is why, man, I'm already feeling my hell. This is why you've said, how come I know people that talk in tongues, but yet they're... Because tongue talking is not the greatest among us. This is just the word being broken down today. So he said here, Paul said, I would rather speak with understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues. Because when someone talks in tongues, you can tell they got something going on spiritual, but you don't know what it is. It seems powerful. It seems great. It really makes that person seem like they're really spiritual, but it really doesn't help anybody else. Now, remember what church gathering is for. It's not a private prayer meeting. It's a public gathering so that we can bless each other with the Spirit of God flowing through us. Everybody say in Jesus' name. And you can be seated today. I want to talk and unravel the difference between a known tongue and an unknown tongue. I want to teach today and talk today about the differences of, of known tongue, which would be the language that I'm speaking that you understand, and some of you don't understand English, so it's being interpreted. But that's still a known tongue because it's going through someone, it's getting to you in a language that you can understand. And the difference in an unknown tongue, which is a, a language that no one knows, it's, it's to God, it's supernatural. So I want to break down the two today using the Word of God. 
before we get into this chapter 14 is where we're going to study. So if you've got a Bible, uh, you can do that. They can stay zoomed in on me with the camera because if you didn't, it'd be, it'd be back here the whole time because we're going to have the scriptures pretty much up the whole time in chapter 14. Before we go to verse number one of 14, let me give you a quick review of Corinthians. Anybody know who wrote the letter of Corinthians to the church of Corinth? The apostle Paul. This is literally a letter to the church of Corinth. It's a real church that uh, used to be a long time ago with people that were full of the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name just like you and me. So this is a letter of instruction from an apostle, someone of great importance that the Holy Ghost would speak to and use, and he would write letters in their day because they didn't have Facebook or Instagram, and he would write letters. And oftentimes he could not be there because he was jailed a lot of times. He was stuck wherever he was doing a missionary journey. So he would write letters to the church. This particular letter he wrote was in response to the home of Chloe, or Chloe, which was a member of that church that told on the other members of the church. Sounds like not many things have changed. Because in chapter 5, it's referenced that the Chloe, the house of Chloe, told on other members of the church because they were doing some really bad things. Well, I, I guess I just have to say Paul didn't really say you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have told me because they had done all they could in that local assembly to fix this problem. They eventually went up the ladder to find some help. And so this family finally said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get word to Paul that we got some crazy stuff going on in our church. So first, we can, we can be the church and still need work. So, so take off your fancy look. Take off your, your look of I'm perfect, I go to church. The reason we're here is because we don't have it together. So, so this church belongs to everybody. You can come in here with problems and issues because, because we also understand what it's like to not, to not have it together. So the Apostle Paul writes this book of Corinth, this first letter to Corinth, which is a letter. And he begins the first 10, 11 chapters by saying, clean up your act. Get it together. He talks about unity. He talks about all the mess, all the arguing, all the fighting, all the jealousy. And he tries to get the church to, to fix all this mess and to mature and get a different mindset because he wants, watch this, he wants to talk about the spiritual gifts, but not until he fixes all the immaturity. Because, because if you don't fix the immaturity and you hand out power, it's like giving kids who play violent video games all day long access to guns. The gun's not wrong, but the person could be. And the person that's immature mixed with the power can cause abuse. So Paul says, I'm not going to let you have access to the gifts of the Spirit until you can get over all your issues. A church that is trying to fix their issues is a church on the way to gifts of the Spirit. So we all want to skip straight to the powerful things and talk in tongues and we want to be able to be spiritual and have miracle signs and wonders, but we don't want to talk about just the nitty-gritty down-to-earth issues that are happening in the body of Christ and we'll never graduate to the spiritual things if we can't just learn to work together. So when you hear me or you hear teaching or preaching on we've got to have unity and we've got to get the, the fornication out of the church, and we had to get all the nastiness out of the church and all the issues and the fighting out of the church. When you hear me talk about that, we're setting up stage for the miraculous to come into this place. And the more you fight against it, the longer it'll be before we see a miracle happen. 
The longer you go against that kind of teaching, the longer it'll be before God begins to let prophecy unleash in this place. You have got to embrace correction so that we can move on to chapter 12 and 13 and 14. So, so far, what's been happening in this letter is Paul is trying to get these people to mature. And so, what's happened is, is in chapter 12, actually chapter 11, we talked about that Wednesday night. In chapter 11, he finally talks about the, the order in the kingdom of God, the authority order of God, and then a husband, and then a wife. And then God talks about how we have to be in alignment and submission because the whole point so far is to be in unity, to be right with God, to be in alignment. Everybody say alignment. And so in chapter 11, he talks about alignment. He talks about the Lord's Supper being done right. And then he talks about examining yourself. At the end of, chapter, end of chapter 11, he says, examine yourself. Check your heart. Check your spirit. Why? Because we're about to go into chapter 12. And what is chapter 12? Anybody know? It's the famous love chapter. It's the chapter where, where it talks about how it doesn't matter how you sound. doesn't matter if you've got gifts. doesn't matter if you're spiritual. If you don't have love, you're nothing. You're nothing. How many spiritual apostolic Pentecostal churches have had all kinds of spiritual things happening but no love? And we've lost so many people who could care less about your spiritual activity if you did not have love. We think we're going to draw people in because we know how to talk in tongues and have a miracle. That's not what draws people or keeps people. It will always be the love of God and love one to another that we build the church on. And so Paul said, now before I even talk about gifts of the Spirit, if you guys don't have love, he said, you're wasting your time. He spent a whole chapter talking about how love is number one. Love is number one. He closes it out. In chapter 12, or uh, uh, I'm sorry, I said 12. That's, that's my bad. 13. Yeah, spiritual gifts is 12. And then he goes into 13, talks about love. He closes it out in, in verse 13. And now abides faith, 13 and 13. Now abides faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And why did he do that? Because he's about to jump in to explain the difference in our spiritual gifts and our ministry, and what we do with God, and what we do for others. And so we had to make sure and plug in there the greatest gift, the greatest thing you build the church on is love and charity. And it doesn't matter what else you have if you don't have love. But now we get to today, and that's chapter 14. Look what it says in verse 1. We're ready to start our scriptures. Pursue, everybody say pursue love. love. 14 verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual love. But gifts was actually added after. It wasn't originally in the Greek. So more than desiring spiritual gifts, it's desiring spirituality. It's being spiritual. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you being a spiritual person. You need to get turned on to the idea that we are supposed to be spiritual. We're not supposed to be dead, dry, and natural. We're supposed to be supernatural. We're supposed to work in a supernatural realm. But watch the context, and I would even say the protection. Pursue love. And while you're pursuing love, try to grab a hold of being spiritual. So love is the road we can't get off of. But being spiritual is what we reach for while we're seeking love. This is the protection 
agent in the church to make sure that we don't get it all about us. Because too many men and too many women have tried to be spiritual for them. But the way we protect ourselves against being big-headed and thinking it's all about us is we pursue love and we reach for gifts while seeking Jesus. We don't seek after gifts more than love. We don't seek after being powerful more than love. When we start to get power without our love, we become abusive. We become big, strong, powerful, godly men in pulpits that don't love our people anymore. We just love being powerful. And that's why we have to do all things on the road of love. All things. The reason we do it is because we love people. The reason I want to prophesy is because I love people. The reason I want to be used by God is because I love my God and I love people. Every motivation we have for being spiritual is because we have love. We have to check our hearts. We have to make sure that we're aligned right because we're about to define the difference in speaking in tongues and speaking in a known language. But, but the basis for all of this, the foundation to build on is the foundation of I do it because I love God and I love people. But thank God for, for, for the training for young ministers that said, if, if, you can't, if you can't just love people, if you can't just serve in the kingdom, then why are you trying to preach Thank God for someone who eventually figured that out, that there's an order to things in ministry. You first have to actually love people before you can minister to people. And if you can't be nice to somebody, you sure can't preach in this pulpit. If you can't have love in your heart, you sure don't have any right to to be working any gift of the Spirit. You need to have love first. And nobody going to listen to you prophesying if you don't love them. So sit down and learn how to love somebody. God, I want to be used. Then be used in love first. Master love so that God can take you on to, to spiritual things. Love is the road. It's the pursuit. And then we are desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So now we're moving forward now. We need to pursue spirituality, but especially, more importantly, but moving on beyond being spiritual, we have to be able to break down the spirituality to the natural. Because it doesn't do any good for me to be super spiritual and make you think I'm spiritual if it doesn't apply to you. This is more about me and my ministry whenever I sound good, but it doesn't bless you. If it's not taken from up here and brought down here, then you don't love people, you love yourself. When everything is done through love, you can't just keep talking in tongues sitting beside somebody who's broken. All your little shalala, shalala, shalala when someone beside you needs a word and you're thinking about how you're just going to shalala all day in the service, but somebody beside you is broken because you want to be spiritual, but you don't love anybody. So you never use all that spirituality to help anybody because you don't have any love for anybody. So, So he said, I want you to move on beyond just being spiritual to actually applying it in a known language because it don't do any good if you're up here in the clouds all the time. If you can't translate it down to somebody, then what's the purpose of all the spirituality? It's not going to help anybody. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, verse 2, but to God. I just, we're just teaching today. Some of you already fell asleep. It's all right. We're just teaching today. Don't look around. Y'all know what happens. Just don't let it be you next. When you speak in tongues, you're talking to who? Talking to God. You're not helping anybody else. 
You're talking to God when you speak in tongues. You're not speaking to men, but to God. Y'all catching that? Yeah. You're not helping anybody else. You're speaking to God. That's good. That's good to speak to God. I'm glad you're speaking to God, but you're not helping anybody. For no one, for no one understands him. No one understands you. I hope nobody understands you. That'd be kind of weird. Oh, yeah, I'm getting a lot out of that. <laughs> That's really good. That's good. No, something's wrong with you. No one understands him. Well, I just probably need to pause right there. No one understands him. You don't know what somebody's praying about. You don't know what's going on in somebody's life because they're talking in tongues. You don't understand it. We're like, oh, God bless them. They're going through a hard time. They may not be. You don't understand them. We judge people that talk in tongues. Oh, bless them. Let's go pray for them. They're probably going through. Their probably marriage is probably broken. There's something wrong with them. They're probably fighting. They're probably having an issue. You, no one understands them. So, so quit trying to. They're dealing with something with God. Yeah? So, so no one understands them. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Oh, there's a good word. We need to stop on that word. He speaks mysteries. Mysteries means you don't know what's happening unless someone unravels the mystery. So when you're working in the Spirit, you're working in the mysterious. That doesn't help anybody. It's a mystery. A bunch of mystery in the church doesn't help a lot, does it? Welcome to our church. Let's all speak in tongues. Let's have a big mystery. Everyone's like, I got a lot out of that service. No, it's, it's mysterious. It's, um, it's not ra- unraveled. It's, it's confusing to people because spirituality that is not broken down and translated doesn't do any good in a church gathering. So all the spirituality has to manifest into something tangible and usable. Verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification. Everybody say edification exhortation and comfort to men so let me break down the word prophecy so you're going to see this over and over you're going to see tongues and you're going to see prophecy now prophecy is the generalized word for being spiritual in a known language tongues is a generalized word for being spiritual in an unknown language so tongues we're going to find is good for you and god and nobody else But prophecies is good for you and everybody around you that you're helping and you're blessing. So when we see this word prophecies jump out in this context, we're understanding that this is spirituality made manifest. That's prophecies. So prophecy speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. That's the purpose of prophecies, that there may be a building up edification, exhortation, which is a call, and comfort, which is what happens after the call takes place. Y'all, y'all finding this? Y'all getting, y'all staying with me? Everybody good? However, let's move on here. Verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. When you speak in tongues, you should be better than when you got done. Because you're building up yourself. If you're speaking in tongues and you're not getting better, you might not be speaking in tongues. You might be doing what you've been doing for years, repeating what you've heard yourself say for years, but the purpose of speaking in tongues is for you to build up you in God. So when you speak in tongues, what is being built while you're speaking in tongues? Are you thinking about pizza? (laughs) Talking in tongues ain't going to get you in heaven. Building yourself up will get you to heaven. 
Speaking in tongues looks spiritual, but it might not be spiritual. If you're not letting anything build in you, then speaking in tongues has no purpose. You know you're really in the Spirit when something is being built in you that only God can build. That's why everybody needs to get alone with God and begin to speak under the influence of the Holy Ghost so something can be built that is broken. Something can be fixed inside your spirit that no man and no woman can fix. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Get alone with God and speak in tongues. Pastor, I'm worried that that's not really me speaking in tongues. Why are you scared? Don't be scared. Speak in tongues until you get it right. If you think you're faking it, stop faking it. Don't stop talking in tongues. Some of y'all are like, well, it's wrong for me to speak in tongues. It might be my flesh. So what are you going to do? You're never going to speak in tongues again? You'll never be your spirit. You're living in fear. You're living in fear. Speak in tongues until your heart is right. Speak in tongues until you know it's from God. Speak in tongues. Quit being afraid of it. We don't stop doing something spiritual because it could be abused. There are abusive pastors, and I'm still going to pastor. There's abusive preachers, I'm still going to preach. There's abusive prayer, I'm still going to pray. There's abusive gifts, I'm still going to work in the gifts. Do not stop talking in tongues just because it could be in the flesh. There's going to be times when it might not be you, but you know what? Catch it and fix it. Don't quit talking in tongues. You start drifting while you talk in tongues, thinking about pizza. Be like, in the name of Jesus, come on back in and, and keep talking in tongues. Listen, while you're talking in tongues, you're still wearing out, you're still wearing clothes and living on the earth and you still want food. It's not like you transpose into an angel all of a sudden and you all of a sudden don't have any more thoughts. Speaking in tongues happens in this reality. You are still human when you talk in tongues. But while you're speaking in tongues, you're shutting out the flesh and you're flowing in the spirit. You're saying enough of that. Get away. I'm going to be spiritual. I want to be built up. I want to bring my fear to the Lord. I want to let the Holy Ghost help me. So, everybody say yes. If you speak in tongues, you edify yourself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So now when you begin to speak a language people can know, you're now building up each other. But notice the progression. If you don't know how to speak in tongues and build yourself up, you have no right to build anybody else up. This is why Paul said, I speak in tongues all the time. But when I come to church, I change it up. I begin to take the mysterious and I make it manifest. Prophecies is simply making your mysteries manifested so that the church body could be blessed. So that's what's happening here. Paul is teaching that we need to get to church and we need to not just talk in tongues. We need to be able to bless each other and build each other up. The purpose of church gatherings is for us to leave built up because of our gathering, not because of our individual prayer meetings. We, we have church pre-service prayer meeting. People come in and they go in the corner and they pray by themselves like they can do at home. That's what you do at home all week. When you come up in here, you're here to gather with each other. The Lord recently spoke to me and said, why do we try to have personal closet moments when we gather together when it's not biblical? When we gather together, this is no longer about you and God. It's about God using you. I'm going to break some holy cows right now. 
we feel like we got to walk in this place and be like, don't talk to me. I have not prayed. And I'm like, you should have this morning when you woke up. That's what's wrong with you. You think this is still a tabernacle and a temple and, and some safe, holy place where you're supposed to be spiritual when you walk in the doors. We live this way every single day of our life. We don't turn a switch on. We don't put our hair up in a bun and then start to pray. We don't put a suit on and then start to pray. This is our lifestyle. But we've trained the church to come in the house to learn how to pray. You should have done prayed this morning and last night and last week. You should have came in this place ready to speak a mystery and manifest the Spirit of God. I just can't believe we don't have prayer like we used to. We do have prayer, but we have prayer now like we're supposed to. Because the only time some of y'all ever saw your parents pray was at church. You think that's what we want? No. I want people to learn how to pray all day, every day. Pray without ceasing. It never should be a moment we're not in prayer. But we, we glorify times like the Jews did. We glorify moments and places and outfits like the Jews. Some of y'all don't even know how to pray if you're sitting around in a t-shirt and your shorts sitting on the couch at home. You wouldn't even know how to get in the Holy Ghost. Why did I even say all that? I told you, Jesus. It's not my, not my notes. I don't, I don't have any notes. Got to be careful letting the Lord speak to us like this. Our church is not going to be a church that does what everybody else does because we've been doing it. Our church is going to do it according to the Word of God. And He will back up His Word. If it doesn't work, hey, it ain't going to work. You're going to know I'm, I'm going to fail. But if what we do works... You're going to know God's in it. Yeah. So let me, let me just, that was a lot. Let me close that out. When you come to church, you should have already prayed. Let me just get this all out of the way. When you come to church, you should have already prayed. You should already be ready. Because your church gathering is not a time for you to come up in here, find a corner and talk in tongues for an hour while everybody else around you needs a word. A hug. A smile. Lord, help you. Buy somebody a taco for five dollars. Just take five minutes and use your prayer meeting and spend some time with somebody because that's the point of the church gathering. It's to give out what you already have in. I used to think, man, they're so carnal. They're going around hugging everybody. They should be in prayer. And now I'm like, maybe they already prayed. Maybe they're hugging everybody because they prayed. Maybe they love everybody because they're already spiritual. Yeah. We can move on now, right? Okay. Okay. All right. Where are we at here? Small print Bibles. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Now, the word greater in the original Greek, it doesn't mean that you're better. Because in the kingdom, there's, there's no better. There's just submitted, that's it. If you're submitted, then you're fine. There's no better in the kingdom of God. You have to do what the Lord has you to do, and then you're good, and there's no comparing. So the word greater doesn't mean that you're better than, and this person's worse than. It actually means you're bigger or you're more mature. 
Some of y'all were watching somebody come in from the bathroom. Listen to me. It means you're more mature. Mature, like not distracted whenever I'm preaching. Mature. So the word greater doesn't mean like I'm better than. It means you've moved on to the next level of your ministry and your walk with God is more than just speaking in tongues. But the next level, your next level of maturity is using all the spirituality to actually manifest in the natural to bless somebody else in church. Greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So, of course, if there's an interpreter, then it's okay because we have now that interpretation. It's now natural. So let's go to verse 6. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what, what shall I profit it you? Which is like saying, what's, what's it going to be good for you unless I speak to you either by revelation? Now, we got, we got four words here. I want to show you what, what prophecy does. Everybody say Revelation. That's, that's unraveling the mysterious, okay? Then you say, say knowledge. knowledge. That's unraveling what is already known. See, see, some people don't even know what's known. There are some things that are already known that are not big things. They're not revelation. They're just, you just don't know. It's called being ignorant. Ignorance is whenever it's known, you can know it, but you don't know it. So, so this is what happens whenever you begin to speak what the Spirit is saying. There'll be something that no one knows unless it's revealed. That's revelation. Number two, there'll be something that some of us already know, but some of y'all don't. It's knowledge. It's provable. It's definable. Revelation is not proven until you do it. But knowledge is proven before you do it. It's like, like knowledge is past because we already know it's true. Revelation is future. Now watch the other two words. Are you ready? Here we go. Unless I speak to you with, with, um, sorry, this Bible is, next time Jesus, we bring big Bible, (laughs) big Bible, prophesying or by teaching. In the King James Version, it says doctrine. So, so revelation, knowledge, prophesying, and teaching. Look at the four words. Revelation ties in with prophecy and knowledge ties in with teaching and doctrine. So look at the mirror image of those two. There's four, four ways it works. And that is unraveling the mysterious that no one knows. That's what happens when you speak under the influence of the Spirit by speaking things that are just common sense. Sometimes I don't say very deep things, but yet you're like, Pastor, that was good preaching. And I'm like, that was just common sense. Because I was working... I was working in the gift of knowledge, or I was working in that channel of knowledge. I was speaking something that was known that half of you fall asleep on, but the other half are going, wow! Because some of y'all are like, I've already known that. And there's, there's revelation preachers, and there's knowledge preachers, and some of y'all wake up on revelation and go to sleep on knowledge. But, but what happens is, is whenever you begin to prophesy and speak in the Spirit, uh, there's four ways it translates revelation, knowledge, And then it says prophecy and and doctrine. Prophecy, once again, is future telling. Future telling. Specifically, this word prophecy means to literally tell the future, not just general speaking in your language, but this word means to literally foretell the future. And then doctrine is to tell you what we've already learned in our past. 
See, what happens whenever you come to church uh, is you don't just talk about the future and talk about where you're going, but you also have to pause a little bit uh, and talk about where you come from and what you've already received and what you already know. And that's why when the Holy Ghost starts to move in, you say there's only one God and his name is Jesus. We've been baptized in his name and filled with the Spirit and we have to walk a holy walk to the Lord. That's not a revelation. That's not a prophecy. That's not just knowledge. That's our doctrine. That's our past. That's our rock that we build on. So whenever you have the Spirit of God moving, it manifests in four ways. And these are the four ways that we've got to work in the Spirit while the Holy Ghost is transferring us from that supernatural to that natural. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Now, I love this part. Even things without life, whether a flute or a harp, this is verse 7, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? If we don't do this right, we won't know when to fight. I didn't mean to rhyme, y'all. I do have a little bit of a thug in me somewhere, and I... I, I have rapped in the car with my wife before. And she, she laughs because she's like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I just, you know, it's a gift. I'm from the suburbs, but I have a little thug in me, you know. And I mean, I got white-walled shoes up here, so I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's coming out. Do, do y'all see the correlation that Paul now makes on making sure that we have the right sound coming out of our mouth? Because, because a lot of people figured out how how to have the instrument, but they don't know how to make the sound. Anybody can buy the instrument. Anybody can grab an instrument. But what Paul is saying is it's not just the fact that you can hold an instrument and look spiritual. Honk, 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 honk. Man, that's a man of God right there. He's speaking in tongues. You, you have to learn to use the instrument. Wow. So, so, so could tongues be the saxophone? Yeah? Could, could it maybe, maybe in our illustration, maybe the instrument would be tongues. But if you don't know how to use that spirituality to make the right sound at the right moment for the right person, then you don't really know how to use the gift that God gave you. How many today have the gift but don't know how to use it? How many of you have the instrument but don't know how to make the sound? Because the Holy Ghost is speaking to the church today in this place saying, you need to do something with that Holy Ghost besides just feel like you're safe. You need to be able to play a sound with, I feel the Holy Ghost. You've got to be able to play a sound with the Holy Ghost. If you can't translate the instrument, then it's just tinkling brass. So Paul is saying, I don't want you just to have this instrument. I want you to be able to play the instrument the right way so that the right sound, so that they know when to fight and who's on the way and what enemy is present and when do we need to do this or do that. There needs to be a certain sound. And the only way there's a certain sound if we will be spiritual and then learn to speak to where people can hear us. Let's try to get through a little bit more before we close today. All right, where are we? Those of you with good eyesight. Oh, verse number nine. This is a crowd participation. So likewise, you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For, for you will be speaking into the air. 
there are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without importance. Where, therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. Okay? And he, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual once again, gifts is added. Let it be for edification of the church that you seek to excel. We sound like a bunch of foreigners when we come to church if nobody speaks in a language that people can understand. Paul is basically just trying to paint a picture here that what's the point of us all coming up in here speaking a bunch of different languages when we're meant to gather and create unity and bless each other? He's driving the point home. Verse 13, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, uh, and I will also pray with the understanding. Whenever I'm in this moment of praying, I mentioned it earlier to you, I'm praying and I'm speaking in tongues, but I'm not speaking in tongues to try to find an end game. I'm just speaking in tongues because it's what we do. And Paul is saying, if there is not going to be something coming out of this, then what is the point of doing it? It needs to produce some type of blessing or revelation. What is the conclusion? Verse 15. I will pray with the Spirit, pray with understanding. I will sing in the Spirit, sing with the Spirit. Oh, that's good news for some of y'all like to talk in tongues while you're singing. I heard somebody do that one time on a CD. And they were talking in tongues on us. I don't know how they did it, but I guess it's biblical, right? Yeah. I will sing with the Spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. Man, some of y'all music ministers in here, y'all feel like y'all got a, got a little bone thrown out to you today, didn't you? This isn't just about our prayer and our prophesying. This is also our worship and our singing and our praise. You can do it the wrong way. I probably shouldn't even get into all this right now. But, but talking about our praise and our singing, you can sing and not be there. You can sing and not mean it. You, you can sing and not even get the message of the song. Yeah. So I, I like all that. Otherwise, verse 16, if you bless with the Spirit, how, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he doesn't understand what you're saying? How are you going to be up here being like blah, 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 sha-la-la-la-la, and they're like amen, amen. That's actually like some comedy in the Bible to me. I think Paul was kind of like being like, hello, <laughs> if you guys are talking in tongues, how am I going to say amen to you? And it looks like it's biblical to say amen in church. Amen. Some of y'all didn't catch it. You're like, what do we do right here? <laughs> say amen. See, we're teaching today. See, we're it's not fancy, y'all. We're breaking it down. Some of y'all like, how come we say amen in church? I think this church is crazy. We're not crazy, we're biblical. And you just don't read your Bible, that's why you think we're crazy. Oh my, be good, be good, be nice. <laughs> just say amen, you don't understand what you're saying. Uh, verse, verse 17, we're almost done, y'all. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. It's good for you, good for God, but it doesn't help anybody else. All right, here we go. Now, this is our text. We finally made it to our text. Isn't that nice? That was my introduction. Um, Verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Once again, it's okay, it's good, you need to speak in tongues, yet in the church. Everybody say, yet in the church. Yeah. Where are we at right now? Yeah. Yet yeah, in the church, I'd rather speak, I would rather, 
let's, let's, don't, don't hear what's not there, okay? I would rather. It doesn't say there's no tongue talking in church. It says it's more beneficial if I use it to bless somebody else. But there's no doubt when you're at home by yourself, talking tongues all you want. Because it's just you and, and nobody cares. But when we gather, Paul said, I would rather be able to, to say something that would bless somebody else. Look at this in verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however, and malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, what is it therefore? Therefore, tongues are for a sign not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you're out of your mind? Paul's not bragging about y'all. I like the fact that everybody thinks that I'm out of my mind. Paul is going, what's wrong with you? You got broken people walking up in your church. And you're going to sit there, eat your taco, and go on a corner and start talking in tongues? Yo, you, we are not talking about your spirituality at home. We're talking about the church gathering. Look what Paul is trying to say here. Everything we do, everything we're blessed with, every gift God gives us is so that we can help somebody else that needs a word, that needs a ministry that's broken and begging God for somebody to be sent to help them out of the storm that they're in. And I'm telling you, you probably could be used by God if you do more than talk in tongues. But let that spirit that's flowing through you come out of you to bless somebody else else to bring them exhortation to bring them edification to bring them comfort not to break them down not to hurt them listen to me old prophets your job is not to walk around trying to tell everybody that they're wrong your job is to tell them you can be right you can grow you can come out of this if it doesn't produce comfort you're not prophesying the right way The purpose of all of this is, is so that we can help somebody that comes in our assembly that doesn't know what's going on. They're scratching their heads and we're running around acting like we lost our mind. Yeah. There's a time for all of that. Yeah. Verse 24, if all prophesy and an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all. He is convinced by all. If we're all speaking the same language, prophesy, and an unbeliever comes in, he's convinced of us. How many of y'all have invited somebody to church on one of them services? When everybody was just on cloud nine, it was them and Jesus all in their little corner. And a guest comes in like, I was coming for a word. I was coming to get something from God. And it looks like everybody's got their own thing going. And we just pass right by. We just jump right by. We just talk in tongues right by. Just slip on. Because that's why we come to church. We come to church to have prayer meetings. We come to church so we can get our worship on me and Jesus. That's not what the Bible teaches our gathering is for. 
You can do all of that stuff outside of church. You can do all that stuff inside of a prayer meeting. You can do all that stuff. But whenever it's time to open up the doors to the community and they come in this place, God help there be somebody spiritual enough to be able to convince them. Everybody say convince. Are we convincing? Well, yeah, we talk in tongues. That convinces me, not them. When I talk in tongues, I am more convinced every day when I talk in tongues. I'm sitting here speaking in tongues, and I'm like, oh, there is a God. Oh, he's a good God. I love my God. And all the people watching me are like, is there a God? Or is that guy crazy? Jesus, help us, Lord. Mm. Here's my last one. We'll, we'll stop. People are starting to cry now. It's getting, it's getting convicted. Verse 25, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. Woo! We're getting down to real apostolic church right about this scripture right here. And now the secrets, I just felt the Holy Ghost when I said that word. Now the secrets, hear me babe, the secrets. Now the secrets that are in the church are revealed because we stopped talking in tongues and we began to be used by the Holy Ghost and he fell on his face. We want, we want our guests to be blessed. We want our guests to come in. We want our guests to feel the power of God. What's going to get the guests to fall on their face? Speaking in tongues? Revelation. That there's a God that knows what you're going through. There, there's a God that sees you in your storm. That there's a God that's heard your prayer. That there's a God that has not forgotten you. That you are not alone. That you're here for a reason. That you walked in those doors. And yes, somebody loves you. And yes, there's a God that died for you. And yes, we care. Yes, we know. Yes, he's real. What would happen if every one of our guests, instead of a taco and a gift bag, got a prophecy? They may come back next Sunday. What do we give our guests when they come to church? We got to give them a t-shirt, a mug, a taco, a, a, friendly, a friendly look. We got to shake their hand. We got to make sure we give them all those things because after all, that's what guests are looking for. Really? That's what you were looking for? That's what you wanted when your marriage was on the rocks. That's what you wanted when you were stuck on drugs. That's what you wanted when you had nobody that loved you and you were suicidal. You wanted someone to shake your hand and give you a coffee mug. No, you wanted to know if there was a God. If people don't know there's a God when they walk in those doors, then we are wasting our spirituality. We're talking in tongues in vain. It's all about us. Let's all sand our feet today. It's all about us. I just want to make sure they hear me talk in tongues so that I'm saved. When I was growing up in church, I would, I would try so hard to make sure before I left that service, I would speak in tongues. It was because I was immature. And I thought that the climax of the church service was so that I could speak in tongues. And I had no idea that speaking in tongues was just between me and God, and it was supposed to build me up so that I could bless somebody else. We have got to redefine the church the way the Bible says and not our culture says. 
and not people say because of pressure put on them or because of what the crowd even says. We have got to line ourselves up with the Word because I can't preach this better than it already is. I can't get a bigger revelation. Let any man be a curse who adds to the Word of God. That's what the Lord spoke to me on the way to service today. He said, you've got to be so careful because when you build up my word to be better than it is, you're adding to it. Yeah, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we've just, we've just taken the pure word of God and we've just gone verse by verse as the Holy Ghost has led us today. And I have prophesied to you. Amen. I have not spoken in tongues to you. I've already done that. I do that when I don't know what to say. I do that when I don't know what to do. I do that when I'm hurting. I do that when I'm lost and I'm battling my faith. I speak in tongues. And I cry out to God and he builds me. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, I can come in this place today and I can build you. Because I speak in tongues. And I should speak in tongues more than you all. Because he who speaks in tongues the most has the ability to bless the most. Because you have to be built up to build others. But when we come in here, talk in tongues until you have a word to bless somebody else. I'm not talking about spooky, weird stuff like here's your address and what you ate for dinner last night. I'm talking about something that will actually help somebody. The purpose is not to confuse someone. The purpose is not to make you seem spiritual. The purpose is to help somebody who's got secrets know that God hurt you. What's the point of all my spirituality if I can't help somebody with the mysteries that they have of God? In the last days, God is going to use the church, the church to be able to unravel the mysterious and help the secrets of people who come in our doors be able to know that, yes, there is a God in heaven. Paul goes on to say, let the, let the spirit of the prophet be subject to the prophet. What that means is you can always be called out on it being wrong. Always. See, see this is not a free-for-all. This isn't a crazy. Some of y'all are worried about it getting weird. It won't get weird. You know why? Because Paul said that when you start to have this in the kingdom, you have to put boundaries on it. Tongues interpretation by two or three, not 45 of y'all sitting up in here having a tongue. Someone's going around prophesying, Pastor, I don't know if that was of God or not. You come to the prophet to find out if the prophecy was real. But we don't stop prophesying just because somebody had had bad breakfast and, and they don't know what they're talking about in church. Years ago, they shut this down. You know why they shut it down? Because they didn't trust their people with it. And today, it's too big. The church is too big for one man in a pulpit to fix it all. The church is too big for one pastor, an assistant pastor. There's too many broken people coming through the door in Dell Valley. And I can't get to every one of them. So today I come with my open heart to tell you that, that God believes in you, that you can be the church, that you can do this. God will keep us safe. God will protect us from being crazy. But this is our hour, ladies and gentlemen to be used by God and help someone broken have a word. So let's go full circle, but only do it if you love them. If you don't love those guests that come to the door, don't talk to them. Just hi, fake it. Don't give a word to anybody you don't love. That's why it'd be good for us to maybe hang out a little bit and have some social time before we start laying hands with each other and prophesying. The Bible says the first church would, would actually eat together and break bread and have fellowship. 
Because nothing opens up the door to the supernatural on each other than people actually being able to be friendly with each other. That's why every one of y'all need to try to find a way to hang out with somebody on Sunday after church. You're already here. Why are you going to split off and go back across the world whenever you're already here? Find somebody and go out to eat with them or go to somebody's house. Maybe they'll let you prophesy if you can sit down and eat with them a little bit. Can we close our eyes as the Holy Ghost just takes a minute and speaks to us? Whenever we're going to operate like this, ladies and gentlemen, there is, there is no reason for you to sit back stale. The Holy Ghost is speaking already. If I'm going to jump into the supernatural like this, I need a church that says, I'm with you, Pastor. I'm going to flow while you're talking. I'm going to be thinking about what you're saying. I'm going to be feeling it the whole time. I'm going to have somebody on my mind in the service that I'm thinking about that I could prophesy to, I could speak to, I could encourage. The chances are pretty good. Somebody beside you is saying, God, I've got secrets that I need answered, and I just wish there was a church that could help me with it. In the name of Jesus right now. That's it. Open your heart up. That's it. Good. Open your heart up. I've got questions. Are there answers? Yes, there are. Somebody say, yes, there are. In this place right now, there are tabernacles filled with the Holy Ghost. And you have been dormant too long. You thought that speaking in tongues was the climax of your spirituality. And I've come to tell you, no, it's not. But blessing somebody else is what we are called to do and called to be. You can't be smart. You've got to be spiritual. God, help us edify. Help us exhort and call. Help us, God, to comfort somebody. Help us, God, to be spiritual enough to bless somebody else. Help us, God, not to be stagnant, sit in our pew and come to church because we're not building that kind of church. We're building a church that loves each other. I hope you know by now you have permission to pray to yourself and speak in tongues and then to also find somebody else to prophesy and speak in their language too. In the name of Jesus. Hey, if you don't have a word for somebody, you speak in tongues, you and Jesus, until you do. You speak in tongues right now and you get the mystery solved. You find out what's going on with the Lord right now and then you can help somebody else. Don't move until you're getting your own prayer time, your own altar time, your own Holy Ghost move, and then, and then God can speak to you and God can use you. Come on, let's all go there right now with Jesus, can you? Let's all go there right now. Half of y'all in this place right now, you just need to learn how to speak in tongues and be built up in the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking to people right now. You have no reason to think about prophecy yet, but you can one day. But right now, right now, it's time for you to learn to flow in the Holy Ghost, to channel the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, God. I never want to leave. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on, let's be in the Holy Ghost right now, can we? Yeah. Speak, God. Reveal today, God. So that we can fall on our face and we can give you praise and we can give you glory today. 
Nothing makes you fall on your face like revelation, like knowing that God is here, like knowing that God loves us, like knowing God is speaking. Nothing makes you fall on your face in worship. Nobody does church by themselves at Austin First Church. Nobody should be alone by themselves. So right now, God, I release the ability for people to be able to flow in the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, you've spoken today. We will hear your word. We will do your word. If you've come to church, we've got a church here that cares, a church here that wants to be biblical and right. and then interpretations. It's tongues and then interpretations. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you so you can build somebody else. Flow, God. Flow, God, through every vessel. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Come on, he sees you, he hears you, he knows and cares. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you.